you are listening to the Originals Podcast. My name is Caleb Hearn and today we have a special episode for you. Over the weekend as the Originals community, we had our Come Together event and this event was for young adults from all around our city to come together and to hang out in community, spend time together building connection, having food, some coffee and while we were there, we recorded a panel. Now, in this panel conversation, we focused on community. And the big question of our panel for the night was this. Why should we value community in this post-COVID season? And on our panel, we had a couple of guests from our community, people who are professionals, um, people who have incredible life stories. And um, I hope you're really going to enjoy this. If you were there on the night, you get to listen to it again. If you weren't able to make it to come together, well, this is just for you. Um, and if you don't um, live in our city and you listen to the Originals podcast from wherever you're from, I really hope this conversation encourages you. I hope that um, coming out of this podcast today, you feel like you can get back into community, that you do not hold back, that we use this um, illustration during the story, during the conversation of cocooning. And I really hope that after listening to this today, you feel encouraged to step out again and to create new relationships and to spend time with people. Get out of your home, stop watching Netflix and uh, get together with a community that's close to you. So I hope this encourages you. I hope you enjoy it. And um, let us know your feedback after you've listened to it. That'd be awesome. Enjoy. Now, it's a bit of a shotgun word, I would say, in church life when we say community. Community is just a group of people, right? Now, we're a demographic of young adults, and we're going to have a conversation why community is important in this post-COVID era. Yeah. Why should it be something that we should invest our time and our energy into. So we've got a couple of people we're going to invite up tonight. Um, so can I invite up, guys, come up. Who's going to jump on? We've got Sarah. Put your hands together for Sarah. On, Sarah. We've got Tennille. Come up, Tennille. Where are we going to sit? Make sure everybody can sit down. Nick, come up. And Josh, come and take a seat. You can sit wherever you like. We've got enough chairs? Yeah, we've got six chairs. Yeah, oh, I'll sit over here. Look are at we, this. Are we mingling in the middle or? That's perfect. Go? Great. Nah, no, Jeff's not. <laughs> Come on. So um, you'll see here, this is just a couple of people, a part of our community. Um, so we do have Sarah here. Sarah is awesome. She moved house today and she's here tonight. Thank Come you. on. So, so good. Um, so good. Someone but should have a so good counter. I just said that because Nick said it and he keeps oh. saying it and he keeps catching me and then I have to say it again. Um, it's like so, an <laughs> Yeah, Sarah's awesome, done amazing things. Ran a Bible college for a while, if you guys didn't know that, which is pretty crazy. Um, we have Tanil over here. Tanil got my email um, with the black and white get up. So um, finally one person did. Um, Tanil is amazing, by the way. If you don't know Tanil, um, she's saying she's shy tonight, but she has a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. Tanil is awesome. Um, 
She works in additional needs um, as a teacher, studying her master's in theology at the moment, and she's, yeah, amazing. She's awesome. We have Josh over here. Come on. Wow. What a man. Um, <laughs> Josh is a legend. <laughs> um, has a great perspective. Um, yeah, and we love you, mate. And, yeah, just awesome. So he's going to bring a great perspective tonight. And we have Nick over here. Come on. Nick, how long until you get married, man? Um, just over a month, yeah. Wow. So not long. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. It's oh, happening. what a feeling. It's real. Toyota. What? All right. So, uh, so that's good. Nick done for the night. Yeah. And, um... Who gave me this microphone? <laughs> <laughs> um, so as Caleb said, we're going to be talking about community. And he said it's a bit of a buzzword. You're going to hear it probably a million times tonight while we're talking. But I feel like it's necessary, well, not necessary, but it's an opportunity to unpack why we need it, why it's important, why we need it for our minds, why we need it for our spirits, um, and how we generally function better when we're in community. Yeah. Um, we were checking out some statistics. Like I feel like it's a rampant topic in this post-COVID season. Um, but over 75% of mental health problems occur before the age of 25, wow. which just seems so wild. In the prime of your life, when you're making such major life decisions about the trajectory of the rest of your life, to be facing... Uh, 75% facing such massive issues. One in seven Australians is currently experiencing an anxiety condition, while one in 16 is currently experiencing depression. So that's your community around you. That's people you know everywhere. That might even be you in the room tonight. Um, prior to the pandemic, which is interesting, young adults were already at a high risk of poor mental health and substance abuse conditions, though many did not receive treatment. So imagine life post-COVID. And we say post-COVID because things feel pretty normal. It's still there, but it's, you know, yeah. life is moving forward. The world is, well, our world has essentially reopened and things feel somewhat normal again. Um, but most people coming out of this COVID season would probably admit an increased anxiety when walking into social situations. You might have even felt that stepping back into church when the doors opened again or um, coming to events like tonight might be a challenge. And I'm sure a lot of people would, if they were honest, admit that that is their feeling. Yeah. Um, and the, we, we established the, or we came across the concept of cocooning um, for a lot of people, the cocooning, the cocooning of this last year felt safe, leaving people not as predisposed to wanting to open up their life again in this season that we find ourselves in now. Um, there are a lot of people who have cocooned this year and it's allowed them to um, an excuse or permission to do what they were already doing psychologically and emotionally, which is escaping the world around them, which is just such a hectic thought. Yeah. And I think... Um as we talk about this tonight, we unpack it a little bit. A lot of us um, can do this without even thinking. Yeah. Um, it becomes, you know, when you want to feel safe, sometimes you can be intentional about it and sometimes you just make decisions that you're not even intentionally thinking about. That you find yourself, and I don't know anyone in this room, did anyone else feel after COVID that you felt some of those feelings in yeah. this room? Definitely. Like, you can be honest, I definitely did. I know um, going out into a bigger environment again, it was like, well, do I really need to? Yeah. Did you guys ever ask those questions? And I had thoughts like that. And um, when you look into it, isolation 
is something that a lot of people naturally turn to. Mm. Um, except isolation is probably the worst, well, if not one of the worst things to do when you are struggling and when you're hurting. Yeah. When you isolate yourself, you disconnect. You take away any opportunity for someone or anything to be able to help you or lead you out of the place you're at. Yeah. And so what happens is we get so comfortable in the cocoon is that we feel safe and surrounded by our own self that suddenly you start deteriorating faster by trying to feel safe. And when we talk about community, the idea of community is taking yourself out of being isolated into a place where you are surrounded. Yeah. Where the vision, the word picture of cocooning is that you are reopening your life. And it's the reopening that we really want to unpack tonight, but the why reopening is important for all of us and for all of you. That it can actually add value to your life, being in community. That the more you find yourself in community, the better your life will actually become, right? I believe that. Yeah. And so we've got guys on the panel here tonight who have all been through different times um, and different life struggles and um, things in your life. Um, and I don't know about you, but you, do any of you guys have some stories or something in your life where it was easier probably for you to probably cocoon away, but being in community actually led you out of the place that was actually detrimental to you, mm. um, to anybody who feels something. I, can I just start? Like when you're talking about isolation, I used to skate. Yeah. And I don't skate anymore, but I, I used to like compete and travel and skate. She used to do like big bowl skating and everything. It was legit. Yeah. You can Tony stalk Hawk my right Instagram, here. but yeah. <laughs> Shout but, out, um, but actually. Like, when you do like a face plant, which does happen, and say I've broken many bones, like you break your foot or something, and you, you have to isolate that area to, for it to heal. And so you isolate the area for a time, um, and then, but then once you, your bone heals, you've got to come back and you've got to rehab your ankle. Yeah. And I think there's times in our life, there's times in my life as well, when the church community wasn't safe for me as yeah. a young person, yeah. and I never wanted to, I never wanted to come back into a church building ever, and but it was only coming in and realizing that there's actually kind people, yeah. and just slowly rehab back in, and there was Love no, it. there's no pressure here at Highway, yeah. and it's not necessarily Highway, but just because there's people that associate that don't actually come here, but that can just help you rehab back into being a normal human being. Wow. Yeah, so good. That's so good. So good, Chanel. I love that. Anyone else? <laughs> Everyone's like looking at me. Chanel just know you like to talk, so I just... <laughs> 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 I've got self-control. I've, I've, I love I've that. aged. That's a great thought, Chanel, though. That's, yeah, that's really, really cool. I like that image of it. Like when you have an injury, I had so yeah. many injuries, yeah. you have to isolate it. And, like, anyone comes near you, you're like, don't touch my foot. I don't know if anyone saw me with a broken foot up on the front at that time. You know, it's like, and you just, you back away and you preserve that spot. And I think, but if you never, ever rehabbed, you're going to be deformed. You're going to be disabled. And anyone will knock it from any walk of life. Your family, your friends, your kids. And then you just, you turn into a bit of a grumpy person. Yeah. Absolutely. I find I'm probably a bit, probably opposite. I mean, okay, not really. Um, but, <laughs> okay, 
when I, and I, when I'm unhealthy, definitely isolate. I really agree with that. Um, I found myself in times when I've when I have been actually very depressed. Um, going to work has been very hard. Keeping up with my relationships has been very hard. And I do cocoon. I, I, I hide in my room. And that's been my way of dealing with it at times. Um, although, weirdly, sometimes all I want to do is be around people. Wow. Um, and I probably the most, I mean, dramatic example of this, this in my life of where community has been my... Um, biggest help and biggest support and biggest, like, crutch to lean on is, um, I mean, some of you know, some of you walked this journey with me, but seven years ago, my dad passed away, and I was only 17 at the time, just finishing term one of year 12, and that's a pretty big deal, because, I mean, like, I lived with my dad full-time, my parents were divorced, and um, my dad was, like, my best friend, essentially, and so when you lose not just a father figure and, you know, like your actual parent, but you also lose someone who's so foundational to your life and friendship. It's, it really rocks you, <laughs> to be honest. And, like, I, like I, was, I was saying to someone the other day, it's like, it's seven years on and I still see the effects of it today. And I probably will for the rest of my life, to be honest. Um, it was... I remember the day it happened. It was, it was Saturday and I was enjoying the first day of school holidays living the dream, eating leftover KFC from the night before, playing 2K, you know, all that good stuff. Um, but I remember when I found out, and I don't know why, but my first instinct was like, I just need to be at church. Wow. Um, I was actually, I don't know if you know this, Caleb, but like Caleb is also the kids pastor here at Highway, if you don't know. Um, I was actually rostered on to serve at kids here the next morning, and I, um, I rocked up for that. <laughs> I actually served the very next morning at Kids Church, and uh, no one knew a thing. No one, I didn't tell anyone. Um, I served the two services and put a smile on and just had fun with kids um, and had fun with friends, and you know what? That was what I needed. For all of a sudden, the normal of my life being completely disrupted and, you know, destroyed within a moment... To find some normality, even within hours of it happening, was the biggest comfort to me. Wow. Um, you know, I remember talking to Slats afterwards, and we went out and, you know, don't tell anyone, but he did donuts around a roundabout for me. You know? <laughs> to put a smile on my face, what a legend. <laughs> it's the emerald in him. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but, it, and it's been a long journey, but I'll say that there was, there was few people, but there was also a lot of people. Yeah. Um, that aided in my journey, like a, a youth leader who was probably one of my closest, you know, like mentors and friends at the time, decided to move back home with his parents just so I would have somewhere to live um, and finish schooling. You know, like that's something you only get in community. Um, you know, I had, I had a safe home to live in. I had a functional, a functioning, healthy home to live in, probably for the first time in about eight years at that point. Um, where I got to grow through a lot of things and learn a lot of things. Wow. You know, I got to intern at this church the year after I finished school, and yeah. um, I got to grow again and got to heal and got to have some really honest conversations because when you're that broken, you know, you're not that healthy, and sometimes you're not that good to be around. And I loved that I got to be around people who loved me enough to be honest with me, to help me heal, to help me grow, to help me mature. Yeah. 
Um, that's awesome. You know, and that's why I, f I think so community good. is the most important thing you can you can have in life. Yeah. And I just think about like like anything um, <clears throat> when reopening your life or you've dealt with you know hard things. The hardest thing is just that reopening moment, right? But just like any muscle, like Tanil said, like any bone, you have to start exercising it again for it to go back to its original intention, right? What it was created to be. I think um, sometimes some people, when they go through those tough times, they turn to the wrong things too, right? Like you think things of... Things that make you feel good for a bit. That's right. Things that the world has told you is what you need to make you feel better, right? A lot of people can go down to addictions, can go down to searching for, um, you know, solace and things that are outside of things that we believe is right for your life, um, that you can sometimes think the world is going to take care of you. But we all know that the world will not, right? The world is for itself, that people outside of good communities like where you find yourself in tonight, hopefully, um, aren't going to look after you, right? Yet some reason for a lot of people, it's the first place they go when they struggle. Um, but when reopening your life and those kind of, to reignite, to reconnect those muscles and to fix those areas that are hurting, you actually need to turn to things that are going to help you fix. You know what I mean? And I know like Josh, some of your journey and some of the... Yeah, well. I can definitely expand on that. Um, I used to work in bars and restaurants, and I was, I was a really good bartender. But, I mean, with that whole lifestyle, I mean, you study by drinking, which, I mean, having a couple of drinks here and there is fine. But when it becomes your norm to be drunk all the time, to be able to just cope with people, it's not good. And it's just it's a coping mechanism, you know. And with that, it stems from one thing to the next, you know. You, you play with drugs, and then that becomes normal, you know. Yeah. You're in and out of depression. I mean, you try to grow up and um, <clears throat> growing through it all was, it's, it is quite a journey. Um, when, oh man, there's just so many little bits and pieces with it all. Like it was, I, while I was studying, I was working in the bars and stuff just to, just to pay, pay for things as we all do. We get a hospitality job or just a job in general. Um, but it, it, was, it was my form of rebelling against everything that I knew. I always grew up wanting to prove myself and the community that I thought I had around me. Um, and I wanted to be... Actually, I've got this quote. Maybe if I read this quote, it'll make a little more sense. Give me a second. Love it. Well, so I got this off the Battle Ready podcast. I would, <laughs> would recommend reading it. Is that Dana? Oh, yeah. So good. <laughs> So this, this will play in a lot that we're talking with today. Um, the quote is, we tend to live in a community as our best selves, and when times get hard, we isolate ourselves. And this definitely spoke to me because that's what I do. Like, I mean, I can sell myself now. Right now, I'm nervous. Like, I'm, I'm struggling. But <laughs> let me do and let me work or something. Let me just have a normal conversation. I can sell you. I can, I can sell you anything. I can do anything. But um, as soon as I've done selling a certain perception of who I am, I go home and I'll isolate myself. And then you get stuck in your thoughts, you yeah. get stuck in all that, and then, totally. you know, you don't always want to just, you want to just, it's comfortable there, you know, it's not easy to be vulnerable, for me at least. Um, yeah, wow. Start with a couple of beers, see where that goes. Call a couple of mates that support you in the same way that you shouldn't be supported. That was my community, you know. Yeah, wow. We would feed each other, 
that to help each other solve each other's problems. Or with that, you drink too much, you spend too much, your paycheck's gone, you dip into your savings, um, then you struggle with the financial side of things, and then you get depressed, and then it's just a cycle that you fall yeah, in and out wow. of all the time. Totally. So, that's it, and it's 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 normal in a lot of our young young people's lives nowadays. Yeah. Um, but I think the thing that's helped me is highway in general, especially Gilston. It it was a community that I needed at that time. You know, like I didn't have real connections with anyone, but it was home. You know. Yeah. Wow. Like Nick said, just rocking up and being around those people, I just knew I needed to be there. Yeah. Like seeing the Highway Brave ladies and the the brokenness that most of those girls are going through, oh man, all of that just little bits speaks and pushes you a certain way. Yeah. And it helps you to be a little more open and awake. And then with that, you become more obedient and hopefully hear a little clearer. And it, that's helped me that's great, I guess, sit on stage at the moment. <laughs> And I just want to add, like, isolation isn't sustainable. It's, like, at the beginning, it feels good. It feels like, you know, all right, I've got my own time to myself. And then after a while, you start to seize up and you can no longer function in a social environment. And then you don't get to get, like, I guess, reap the benefits of what a community actually has to offer because you've gotten so used to isolation but then you actually can't sustain your life anymore yeah. it's not sustain yeah. you yeah, are no that. longer in a yeah. um a growing environment yeah. you've stopped yourself because isolation it stops you from yeah. i guess growing and you then seize up in certain yeah that's good that's really environments because i think um usually if you're going somewhere for help um there's lots of different places you go not just church you know there's a lot of um if it's mentally physically spiritually, there's all these areas that we can go to for help. Um, But then there needs to be a point in community where it turns from just helping yourself, where you go for help, but then you become the help. And there is a point in what I think, and this this is probably the season where I'm probably in, but a lot of us in this room could find yourself as well, where when you search for help, usually you find yourself helping as well. And it actually can take you from where you were, which could be really negative, really bad, and really life-sucking. And then when you start helping others, you actually find yourself getting the help whilst doing that. Has anyone else in this room felt that? I have for sure. Where you find yourself when you're in those deep moments that when you stop looking at your issue and isolating your issues and looking inside, when you start looking out, you find yourself then start stepping out of what you were held back by. And in the, in the church we're in right now, like there is those opportunities. Part of being in a community, there's things where, you know, we're going to talk a bit about, you know, your mental health, but then your spiritual health, your physical health. And even in that, the impact you can have, that you can have in a community that's way bigger than what you could ever be yourself. Yeah. Right? Like, Sarah, like you were just talking about, like, you grew up in a non-Christian home, and you came to youth when you were... How old were you when you started coming to youth? Uh, 14. 14, and you, out of probably a lot of people I know, like, the trajectory of your life completely changed by our youth ministry, right? How did it help your life, joining a community like that? Yeah, and that's totally... They... 
you know, they were my refuge. Yeah. You know, that was my safe place. And even when I was worshipping before, I even felt to mention that word refuge. Like, the people, the community, you know, it starts with us, you know. Yeah. I was, you know, so blessed, I guess, to come into a place where people, where this youth ministry and the connect groups that were affiliated with that were my safe place. They were my refuge. And it was like a place where I could come where, you know, they, you, you guys had created that community for me to come into and that, you know, transformed my life because I was able to find people that would help me pray for me and keep me on the journey towards Jesus. And I wouldn't be a Christian today without the community that I found here. Yeah. That's amazing. That's awesome. Thank God for that. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Said Jason. Yes. Right. I just, I, I just, I, I didn't do that. Um, I know, like Sarah, you know, I don't know some reason why a lot of us, and I have before, and I might be the only person here, um, but I remember when I was younger, and I've grown up in church my whole life, right? And I've been, you know, family and ministry and that kind of thing. And there was moments where I was almost especially when I was in that teenage years where it was almost like I was scared to tell people about the community I was a part of. I don't know anyone else felt that, but I felt that because I thought maybe they're going to look down at me, maybe they're going to think I'm just some super Spiro Christian kid. Um, And there was a point where it was like some reason I had this really negative perception around telling people that I I attended a church. And it didn't last long because, yeah, I was... I didn't really care what other people thought and I'd live my life. But it's funny that we have something that is so important. Yeah. <laughs> that we are a part of something that can help so many people and is doing so much good, yet some people still have apprehension to invite or to get people to it. Yeah. Right? I don't know about you. Like, there's still, there's young adults probably, I don't know if there's anyone else in this room, but there's moments where you might, oh, I might not talk to that person at work about God just yet, or, you know, what do you do on Sunday? Oh, you know, I had a good day, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't want to really talk about church just yet. They don't want me to know if I'm a Christian yet. Yet you literally have something that can change every person's life. Yeah. Right? Yet there's an apprehension, some reason it's like, oh, I'll wait till I've just got enough commonality before I tell them that I'm a Christian. Or I've just created enough relationship. Have you guys ever felt that? I, I definitely did. Oh, yeah, I definitely, especially being in the, like, I thought I could do the bartending thing and be, the, like, a stern Christian. For me at the time, I, I couldn't. I didn't have the self-control to say no to the battles that I was dealing with. But, um, yeah, like, I mean, I hid that I was a Christian, and then when I started stepping in more and more, and I was trying to be a little more bold, but I'd still, I still hesitated, you know, like only towards the end when I knew I had to leave because the industry was eating me more than I was actually being um, effective. Um, I would probably only just really a couple of my closest colleagues let him know, you know, like someone, he got, one of my mates got a bike and he was, you know, riding 666 at the back of his helmet. And I was like, nah, let's not, let's not do yeah. that. I won't let you do that. You know, like that was... <laughs> That was like the extent of it, you know, like, yeah, um, and then I guess you do one little thing and it gets easier and easier, but I was still hesitant, you know, and I, but I knew 
then that I, I serve a one true God, yeah. but I was Sorry. not bold enough yeah. to share this gift that we have, you know? Yeah, like, that's right. And I think it's, it's stuff you, I'm still learning. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm, lot, like, I'm, I'm happy to talk to anyone about it now. Like, I'm not nearly yeah. as shy as I, I used to be. But it's, it's just, I just struggle to comprehend and, like, help like, other people understand about how real this is, yeah. you know? Yeah, like, come on. I love that. Yeah. I, so good job. You, you go for it. Oh, you're just going to say so good? Oh, no. So good. (laughs) Um, It's like a tick. I can't help it. Yeah, I know. Um, (laughs) I love that. Tennille, yeah, I know Tennille. I guess um, what I'm thinking and processing is community actually means common unity. Yeah. So, like, what you're in common with is who you unite with. So, as a skateboarder back in the day, you just, you naturally just organically find yourself in a group with the wildest, weirdest people. Some <laughs> come from really good homes, some are sleeping on the streets, homosexuals, whatever you, you know, whatever you do with life. The common unity is skateboarding and no one judged you on anything. Yeah. And I think, um, like, when we come into a Christian or a church or a God-filled atmosphere... We, everyone in this room probably has that common unity of we love God. And so you meet someone and you know they're not in your that community. So for you to break out and share with them can be a bit daunting. Mm. I guess for me, my life was like completely transformed by God. So I just, my life starts when God came. So I would never not talk about him. So it's a bit different for me. But I understand that how different it is and how hard it is for people who are not part of this community that we have. Oh, love that. Wow. Um, do you want anything you want to add to that? I just feel like I'm talking a lot. I'd love for you. Do you want to share a little bit of your story in the short version? Of my testimony? Yeah. Well, the funny I thing, feel like, it, yeah. Okay, it's the funny good. thing is... It's with, so good. Like, it's so it's actually, capitals it's this time. It. So it's no really, pressure. But. It's really long. It's really long and twisted, but <laughs> messy. But the, you on one, the, spot. the one I thing apologize. I will share, which is probably really relevant, is um, so I, I've had a really traumatic, messed up childhood, which makes you quite a delinquent as a youth, and your life was just a mess. I was a mess in every way drugs, anorexia, trouble with the law. And um, I did find God, but God found me, but I never really gave him my life. And someone was telling me, you should go to this church. It's around the corner. I was staying in some property out at Willowvale. And I'm like, Christians don't like me. They tell me I'm full of demons. They tell me you're this and you're that. <laughs> I'm no joke. This Six pastor years. told me, you've got this demon. You need to go, this person cast it out of you. And I'm like, oh, wow, I'm too messed up for church. I must be pretty messed up as a human being, like really? to not even be welcome in a church. I was you know, I just already had a poor self-esteem and it's like, I just must be possessed. Anyway, so I came to this church. It was, there was a youth group, was a young adults here on a Friday night after youth. And I walked in, it was like nine o'clock and I looked around, I'm like, I'm not staying in this place. And I walked out and I walked down the car park and um, someone ran after me and they're like, hey, Tennille. And I'm like, like, you know who I am? And I'm like, yeah, I work with you. And I'm like, well, that's weird. (laughs) And it was Elise Parker, I don't know, was working at the Golden Door Health Retreat. 
And she's like, what are you doing here? And I said, oh, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm, I'm, <laughs> actually, I'm actually leaving. She goes, no, don't leave. I'm like, I was really nervous and really shy. And then she was chatting to me in the car park. And, and she's like, you come in? I said, I'm not coming in. <laughs> and then she's, you know, we just started chatting and I said I needed a place to live. And she said, we got this house down the road and you can move in if you want. I'll talk to my parents. And I was like, you don't even know me. I'm like, crazy. And they, I moved into this house in Willowvale after like a couple of weeks. And then they just kept bringing me to church. They kept mm. bringing me here. And when they'd come home, Erin <laughs> particularly, she'd come home and be like, oh my gosh, the Christian lady's here. And I like run out of the house. <laughs> the fact that I'm sitting here is hilarious. <laughs> and they just kept bringing me. And I was, and I, I was really shy. And I just, whatever was here, I, I liked it. And I remember Pastor Byron being on the stage and I was sitting all the way back over there and he, and he was talking about Jesus and he said, just say yes to this journey. Say yes and the journey begins. Yeah. And I remember just sitting there thinking that God was present in the room, like staring at me and I just went, okay, I say yes. Wow. And my journey began. Come on. Wow. Come on, that says so good. But like... I felt like God originally met me in the car park, like because I didn't even I didn't even want to come in the building. <laughs> so that's the community, and it was that community in that household that got me here, that dragged yeah. me here after I'd been out all night or whatever that you've done, and they just just come, just come, Tanil, just come. Yeah, that's awesome. Let me just read you this. It says in Hebrews ten, twenty four to twenty five, it says, and let us consider thoughtfully how we may encourage one another to love and to do good deeds, not forsaking our meeting together as believers for worship and instruction, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another at all the more faithfully as you see the day of Christ's return approaching. How cool is that? Mm. You know, Mm-mm. I really believe that this is a young adults community. Um, you know, it's cool hearing that to Neil, that it was at a young adults night all those years ago, nine or so years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. that this can be that safe community. That what we're at tonight, this thing and these OGs that we're launching, I really hope that it can become something that's safe for you. And it's a safe place where we can start bringing others to. That this can be a place where you're not worried about if someone's not spiritual enough or someone doesn't know Jesus Mm. or the place isn't cool enough or, you know, because we've all gone through those times. I was just going to say, and don't give up. Because yeah. I was that weirdo yeah. that was like, because I had a lot of, I don't even know how to say it, but people from a church community would say things over me like that, like you're full of demons and you're just a mess and you ruin leadership and just, like it was really twisted. And so when anyone was a Christian and they'd speak to me, I'd originally have this filter or even anyone who's been in the community who's had a bad experience inside church, mm. just you being kind invite them they don't come they don't come they come they hate it invite them again like i'm just saying like don't give up because i was one of those i was one of those people come on yeah wow i love that i think as as that scripture says oh you know love me a good bit of good bit of scripture um (laughs) good bit of scripture uh, what was that (laughs) yeah i don't get it no he's british (laughs) Can you go with this microphone, Nick? Uh, <laughs> 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 no, that. Anyway, um, conviction. Yes, uh, but you know, I love that. I love that verse because I don't think you could ever say someone's re- received enough encouragement. Totally. Um, like, I mean, 
personally, I think you can't give people enough of it, to be honest. Yeah. And I love that it's like our church is marked by that. You know, like we're, in, we're encouraging each other. Yeah. And then we're spurring each other on and, and it's kindness and encouragement before anything else. And, yeah. and I think that's the, that's the way that we should be living our life before anything else. It's like, you know that's what, great. you know, we're not, we know, it, just in this room itself, we are not going to be best friends with every single person in this room just because it takes way too much time to be best friends with like one or two people, let alone <laughs> 50, you know? So it's been realistic. But just because we're not be best friends with every single person in this room doesn't mean I can't encourage you. Doesn't mean I can't be your biggest supporter from the wing. Sure. Doesn't mean that I can't be praying for you and believing the best for you. Yeah, that's good. You know, it doesn't mean that I can't be hoping that that job opportunity comes for you, comes your way or that promotion comes your way or, you know, like hoping that, you know, you get through that situation and doing what I can to help you in that. Like, I don't have to be your best mate. I don't have to know you inside and out to be an encourager. Yeah, that's And I great. think if, like, we left this room tonight and we decided, you know what, in this community of originals, we're going to be, I'm going to be an encourager. I'm going to lift the people up That's around great, me. Bro. And I'm yeah. going to say, you know, every time we come together like this or in our OGs, um, or whether it's just down the street, we see each other, you know, just like, you know what, I'm going to say one word of encouragement to this person right yeah. now. And I'm going to lift up someone. I'm going to make their day better. Because you know what, it's like, it's that whole thing. It's like, you don't know what the other person's going through That's at that right. time. That's right, I don't hey, know if you someone's know? just lost their dad the night before. Or exactly, you know, and just that one line of encouragement could just be the one thing that just, you know, gives them a bit of hope again or a bit of, you know, energy to, to get through the rest of that day. Yeah, right. so good. Um, I, there's actually a verse in... Oh, my gosh, look at it. <laughs> You're welcome. I actually, wow. on that so good phrase, I will say, what's it? Bang on. That's one of our, the chippies I work for, he always, whenever we leveling, like doing weatherboards and stuff, he's like, bang on. And now, so good and bang on is in every day of my life. It's, <laughs> anyways, moving with, on top of that encouragement, um, it's actually in 1 Thessalonians 2... There's, there's, there's a fair bit on that as well. So I'll just read you a little bit about it and you can take what you want from it. Um, our coming alongside you to encourage you was not out of some delusion or impure motive or an intention to mislead you, but we have been approved by God to be those who preach the gospel. So our motivation to preach is not pleasing people, but pleasing God, yeah. who thoroughly examines our hearts. God is our witness that, we, that when we came to encourage you, we never once used cunning compliments as a pretext or greed nor did we crave the praises of men, whether you or others. Even though we could have imposed upon you our demands as apostles of Christ, instead we showed you kindness and we were gentle among you. Wow. And go and read what that, like, how some of the Bible people, teachers, <laughs> break, break it down. Um, what it actually means, it's, it's really, really interesting. And it's just even, yeah. just, just our vocabulary and the way we should be talking to people is... Yes, start say, say hello, but encourage, you know, say something. Yeah, that's good, bro. What is something nice about Nick today? I really like your shirt, you know? Like, obviously, out of honesty, you know? It's how we should be talking. Like, that needs to be a habit of ours, you that's know? Great, man. You'll be surprised what an impact that makes cool. to a simple conversation that you have with the people around you. And it's not hard, is it? No, it's no. not. It's not hard. Yeah. And it's often, the, as with many things, it's often the anticipation of something that cripples you. But then when you're actually in that situation doing the thing you feared, it's not that hard. And you walk away feeling way better than you did when you were just anticipating how horrible it was going to be. But it's not. Yeah, and some, well, and sometimes for the good things in your life, you do have to push yourself. Sometimes you have to be okay with a bit of sacrifice or sometimes you have to feel uncomfortable to help yourself. 
mm. right? It's a part of growing up, right? That's right. Mm. It's like being responsible. We talk about that when you finally leave home <laughs> and you now have no excuse because it's now your life. No one else manages your life. Anything that happens to you, any decision, any direction, anything that happens, it is now your responsibility. And sometimes the good decisions we make in life are really hard, but they're going to help you. And, you know, I don't believe that coming out on a Saturday night is a hard thing. I don't believe coming out once a fortnight to a connect group is a hard thing. Um, Some people feel like it is, but I do feel like it is something that's probably going to help your life. Um, You know, I was talking to Kim before. Kim, give me a wave. Kim plays bass. She's awesome. Um, And, yeah, she's so good. And, you know, like, even coming out and, you know, Kim's only new to our church, but she just decided that she just wanted to get connected, so she knows how to play music, so she's just going to join the team. And she doesn't, may not have many close friends here in our church, but she just decided that, okay, well, if it's something that's going to be good for me, I'm going to have to sacrifice some of my time and serve. And I believe that's awesome, because you are now putting into action that you want your life to be somewhere, so you're actually giving a little bit to get there. Yeah, and um, sometimes we need to do that. And anyone else want to quickly, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to finish up soon. But um, one thing, let me just encourage you. In your faith journey, becoming a Christian, yes, you believe. And people can come here and they can belong before they believe. Remember that, right? That is a hallmark of church life, mm. right? But one of the best things about all of us is that this journey of following Jesus was never intended to be done alone. Never. And it has been here since the beginning of time is that the idea of iron sharpening iron, Mm -hmm. even the idea of the church is a place where you come and you come and be refilled, but you be challenged, you be stretched, and you grow. And it's really important that if we want to grow in our relationship with God and our belief in our conviction, that we actually have to come and challenge our thoughts and question our thoughts and grow like that. Mm. And um, I just really want to encourage you in that thought. Um, I don't know about you, but I always want to grow my understanding of God. Yeah. I want to grow my spirituality. I have some big questions about God. Mm. Do you guys have big questions? Some questions I think some of you guys would be scared that you'd hear Pastor Caleb talk and say, <laughs> right? But God is bigger than those questions. Yeah. And in this environment and in your OGs, there are places where we can pull apart God's word. That is the whole idea of what the synagogue was for, is that you read scripture and you rip it apart and you understand it for what it is. You get context and revelation. And I believe that in community, that whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're dealing with, that you can find hope, you can find restoration in community. And so I hope tonight other than just meeting some people and having some dinner, that you feel encouraged and you feel like this is something that is valuable to you. Um, Because that's my heart, that's George's heart, hey, is that coming to church on a Sunday, yeah, it may be a bit of time, but it's actually going to add to your life. Coming to an original event or joining an OG or serving or um, whatever it is, it's actually going to add to your life. It's actually going to make your life better than what it was without. And, um, you know, we want to create opportunity for that and give you freedom that you can actually challenge and grow and move forward. Well, thank you for listening to today's podcast. I really hope you feel encouraged, you feel inspired, that you will see the value of what community can bring to your life. Like always, if you get a moment, could you please jump onto wherever you listen to your podcast, 
rate us and give us a review. Write a review. What this does is not just um, help us, but it helps others find our podcast. So please, if you get a moment, could you do that for us? That'd be amazing. As well as that, we love hearing your feedback on our socials at Highway Originals. We love when we post stories, we ask question boxes. We love to hear from you. Let us know what you would like to hear from us. Let us know your feedback. Um, we continually want to see this podcast grow. So we love you. Please be sharing our podcast as well every week. Share them to your stories. Share them to your Instagram. Let's really spread the word about this podcast because we do believe that we are having conversations that are relevant to our young adults community. So we love you. Much love. See you soon. Bye.